Professionals podcast, and I tell you what, <laughs> we're putting on all our professionality today. I am uh, Paul Jacopoli G with you, and Peter Hanscom as well. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Paul. How are you going? Not bad. I know that you're a bit like me, a little under the weather, so thanks for trooping yeah. along. We're probably going to try to get through this a tiny bit quicker than usual. But in saying that, there's a lot of tweets, so look, we'll, we'll do our best, we'll do our level best, but you can probably hear from my voice, it's a bit, it's a, it's a tricky one today, but we'll power through it, and speaking of such, uh, you know, I guess Ill, Ill health and injuries, we'll get to the injury report for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Ken now, and what a week for injuries, Pete, like it really hadn't hit us too bad, maybe just a couple here or there, but last week, what a disaster, I mean, poor Gallon, you know, barely got it going for feeder, at least you got some super coach points before he went off. Jai Arrow went off early. Uh, you know, we, we lost Cameron Murray pre-game. Um, you know, Nathan Brown, of course, was also out. So a lot of big names f- falling down. And, um, yeah, not not that great. Yeah, the Saints-Cronulla game in particular was incredible. Like, they lost the, you know, the four, four, big, four big stars and particularly a couple of them big super coach players, as you say, with Gallon. And Andrew Fafita didn't even complete the first half. Um, yeah, Fafita was in dynamic form up to that point. And then, as you say, the similar thing happened to the Titans on Sunday against Penrith and the loss of Mansour also. Very significant from a footy point of view and from particularly from a, yeah, from a super coach point of view. Yeah, we'll get to Mansour shortly, but let's start with that Sharks game and obviously Paul Gallon and Andrew Fafita, two super coach stud stalwarts. Um, and as you say, Fafita had been in pretty good touch the last few weeks so a big blow now they did fear it could be the acl um but luckily after the um they they had a scan they said that uh it's p it could be like a pcl um basically they're saying he's been named so he could be could be right to go uh this week but what pat's saying is that he heard he had some cartilage injury and also laxity in the pcl that's Rosie compared to an ACL, but still might miss a few weeks. So he's thinking two to three weeks there. Uh, Paul Gallon, well, worse worse for Gallon, uh, an MCL for him. So it's up to six weeks. And, you know, Pat's saying, look, good four to six weeks. So pretty pretty much in line with what we're hearing there. And obviously, if you own Fafita, you might be trying to hold on to him just simply because you might be scratching in other areas. It could be some guys you've got to get rid of because they've got high break even. Some of your cheaper players, it could be other areas of need. Um, but Paul Gallon, I think he's got to go uh, thanks to that news. And the fact, Pete, that he hasn't really been playing at that high level with the exception of, of, of the round before this one just gone um, so far this year. That's absolutely right, Paul. And the other thing is, as we mentioned on the show quite a number of weeks ago, that uh, we're talking about players there and a little bit of reputation, and he'd been playing uh, less minutes too. He hadn't been hadn't been doing the full eighty as he had been in previous years when he was such a, a powerhouse and super coach. And I'm wondering that when he comes back from the injury, whether he'll play the full eighty again. Um, Might be eased yeah, back into it. Absolutely, and he's he's no spring chicken anymore. He's thirty six or so. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a blow if you've got him, that's for sure. It's a shame he couldn't have seen out more of the game and got a higher points and got your cash up a bit more. 
Um, but as it turned out, um, I guess at least a week before he had that big game, so it's not a complete disaster trading him out this week. You'll still get some money back. Cameron Murray, well, he was a late withdrawal last week. Um, the hamstring injury, he's been named in the 21, but the reality is um, even minor hamstring strains usually require about two to four weeks to recover from, and Pat is saying exactly that, at least two weeks, maybe four. Um, so Murray, another guy that you're probably stuck with uh, on your bench, which is a big blow at that high cost of his. And you know when he's on the field, he's going great. And the fact that Sam Burgess was out, you might have brought Murray in thinking, you beauty, he's going to get these extra minutes. He's such a workhorse. And then he's, he's out with the hamstring straight. No luck there for a lot of people, super coach-wise. Another one, Matt Lodge, went off early with a fractured, um, well, well, he a suspected fractured rib over in New Zealand, but it turned out that it was, uh, wasn't fractured. It was a rib cartilage injury. He'll be in a lot of pain um, if he plays on Friday night. But uh, Pat's saying, look, the reality is with these with these guys, especially the big men up front, usually with this sort of injury, they do play through it and just play through the pain. He's saying, I reckon they'll play him if they need him. So if you're a Lodge owner, you're probably um, okay to start him. Maybe temper your expectations a little bit. And that man that uh, Pete just mentioned earlier, Josh Mansour, copping a head knock, uh, a pretty nasty one actually, uh, onto Anthony Don's knee. He had to go uh, undergo cheekbone surgery. Um, well, he's set to go undergo it apparently once the swelling subsides. So he's out for a while. Um, basically, six weeks minimum. Pat saying so. Another guy that you're gonna you can't hold on to. Maybe you're stuck holding him just for this week, just purely because you might have other areas that you've got to make adjustments. But obviously, you don't really want that kind of cash in, in such a position that's been difficult to get right in centre and winger. Um, sitting on your bench, you probably need um, six or seven go-tos in your centre and wingers as, as, it, as it's turning out. Because every given week, there's adjustments there where guys are, are in form and then out of form. And you need to use the predictor, obviously, on our app and the dominator. You need to be using those to decide which centre and wingers you're playing each week because it's so match-up dependent. We've seen it with Ryan Madison. Admittedly, he's an edge runner. He's had some good matchups in the last couple of weeks coming through. Ewan Aitken's another one who's been pretty solid. And I think in the previews, we talk, talked up Corey Oates and Kyle Felt, and both of them have been going quite well. But again, matchup dependent. And uh, that is the injury report for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. So go visit Pat if you live in the Sydney region, especially in the eastern suburbs. Uh, a great practice there, not just sporting injuries, back and neck as well. And, of course, the discount. Go to our website, www.supercoachpros.com, and you can get 20% off your first visit. I highly recommend it. And thanks again to Pat for that information. So critical um, <laughs> with all these guys going down and know which ones that you've got to get rid of and which ones you, you may be able to get away with holding on to. That brings us to the best for round six. Luke Brooks leading the way with Benji Marshall. Obviously, halves against the Seagulls. Uh, a great opportunity, basically, for any team that plays them. It's, it's quite a remarkable one coming up this week with the Eagles and the Eagles. We'll talk about it a bit later, but certainly keying in onto that after seeing two uh, not noted Supercoach uh, performers going large. Corey Harawira Naira played a bit in um, at the right edge and then moved out to right centre. 104 for him. He had a field day out there. He's actually been named at right centre this week, so they're going to try him out a bit wider and see how they go. Jays Maloney, well, another team that is very, very poor against halves is, of course, the Gold Coast Titans. 
Evans Maloney, the, the fourth best scorer, another 100 for him. And Pete, uh, you went on the show last week, but Ryan and I are talking up Jason Tamalota to come back and have a big game. Usually you see that when a ch- champion's knock like Jonathan Thurston was. And let's face it, he still didn't really have a great night, Thurston. But Tamalolo standing up for his skipper and halfback with a massive game in that big defeat, 100 points. Absolutely, yeah. Bang on the, bang on the 100 points there for Tamalolo. Much to the relief of quite a lot of owners of Tamalolo. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a bit of a, bit of a one-man band there for the Cowboys. But hopefully if he's back in form uh, for them and uh, for Supercoach, that, that can remain consistent now. You know, uh, it's been said that a lot of the players who were, who were played in the, uh, the Rugby League World Cup, which of course didn't finish till uh, early December, haven't had much of a break. And... Maybe it's just now starting to hit some match fitness and, you know, might see him get around those more consistent large scores that we know that he can produce. A couple of players we mentioned just a little bit earlier, Ryan Madison and Corey Oates, uh, 99 and 90 for them, split by Dylan Edwards with 93. Another um, fullback going large against the Titans. Raymond Fatala Mariner, a guy I really, really like out of the Bulldogs playing left edge. We're not normally that big on edge uh, runners as keepers in your team, but this guy, he's just going from strength to strength. Really liked what I saw from him against the Cowboys, and he's got some base points as well, so it's not all just running off his uh, inside um, passes. Matt Dufty, another brilliant uh, young player. Uh, Pete, you'd be loving the fact that he's your fullback this year and in for St. George, Illawarra, but also if you had him for your Supercoach team, 88 points, not letting anyone down. A couple of um, slightly lower than maybe expected scores to start the season, but since then he's been on fire. He has, he's been terrific. A couple of those teams he's just absolutely carved up. He's brilliant against uh, Newcastle it was and then uh, the, uh, the, the brilliance against Cronulla the other night. Just brilliant footwork for one try and just brilliant footwork and speed for the other. I think that I think the Warriors are going to be in trouble this week so I think if you, I think Duffy's a good one to have in your team this week, that's for sure. And Angus Crichton obviously with both Burgess and uh, Murray out we expected him to have a big game and he didn't disappoint 86. He's edge um, forward partner John Sutton, more in the creative side than Crichton, who more just you know gets in and does the hard stuff. But 85 for Sutton as well. So the edge players there for South doing really well against the Roosters. So we'll be eyeing off that matchup. And it was good to see Michael Gordon get amongst it against his junior club, the Panthers, despite the fact Gold Coast having a bad day, still putting up 84. That's encouraging for a guy that's dual position um, that we all often like when he's playing and teams are doing well because of his goal kicking and backing up ability. But this time, not a great game and still punching out the super coach points. So he'll be one to, to watch moving forward. Let's get into the team changes now. The Bulldogs feed the Roosters as well. Canterbury 1-17. to 17. In fact, 1-21. to 21. No changes needed there. But the Roosters are swinging a bit of an axe. Reese Robinson's been dropped to the reserve bench. So Mitch Orbison will start in the centres. Joseph Manu pushing to the wing. We've also seen... Um, in the past, Manu named in the wing, but Mitchell, Latrell Mitchell playing there, left wing, and, and Manu staying on the right, right centre, and Orbison playing left centre. So keep an eye out for that. At this stage, it's suggesting Manu will be on the wing, but that could easily change. And I think Mitchell on the wing doesn't have the same upside as in the centres, uh, doesn't seem to get involved quite as much uh, when he's on the wing, and, and that that sort of more that spark that he can provide. So if you're a Latrell Mitchell owner, that's a little bit of a worry that Reese Robinson's been dropped. Zane Tedovano um, has been named proper head of Jared Rurya Hargreaves. The Roasters pack was really outmuscled by the Rabbitohs. He didn't even have Burgess or Murray, as we said earlier. So uh, I guess the hand of Trent Robinson was was forced there. He's also brought back Frank Paul Nuasala um, and has named Sia, so uh, Talkiaho in the reserve, so there could be quite a few forward changes there. Uh, once we get to game day, 
The Warriors v. The Dragons will leave a Hypulu's out, but not a bad replacement. Simon Mannering slotting in on the left edge. Great news if you're a Jazz Tavunga owner, because we were worried he'd lose some minutes to Mannering, but now Mannering's going to play 80 on the edge, and Tavunga should just keep keep on keeping on in the middle, coming in off the bench, playing good minutes, and, and making just a bunch of tackles like he just seems to do every game. Bontiafoa was named at prop last week, didn't start there. He's been named again, but just as easy it could be Sam Lasoni. And it's Albert Vetti who comes onto the bench. Just note... Um, Nickel Clockstad, Charles Nickel Clockstad's been added to the 21. Solomon Carter, there's some um, news coming out of the Warriors camp that he could be out for a while. He's been named, but um, we could end up seeing either Gelling or uh, Nickel Clockstad um, starting in his stead, which means probably David Fistua would move to the left centre from the right wing. That's what we saw happen last year when Carter was out. The Dragons, well, they're 1-17. to Why wouldn't you be after that performance last Friday night? The Broncos beat the Storm 10 Tavita Pengai is named start ahead of Sam Dido, but that could change back come kickoff. Interesting to note, they're sticking with Jack Bird in the halves and Tom Opacich in the centre. So Cody Nikarima will return from injury via the bench. Sam Takatizi drops back to the 21. Not sure, really, um, Pete, how Nikarima will fit into that lineup now. A bit of a utility, perhaps, because you would imagine Andrew McCulloch would keep playing 80, but I guess there's a chance that he'll lose some minutes with Nikarima um, potentially spelling him a dummy half. I was thinking about that myself earlier tonight because yeah, Nicarima obviously does have the versatility to play halves or, or hooker even if he's played other positions in the back line as well. But uh, yeah, it is an interesting one because McCulloch has been pretty good the last few weeks, as you say, playing 80, and it sort of negates the, the need for Nicarima to be there. So it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he gets. I guess if things go really pear shaped uh, for the Broncos early on against. Um, against Melbourne, which could happen. Uh, that would at least give uh, Bennett the option to bring uh, Nick Arena back into the halves there somewhere. But, yeah, yeah it, it's an interesting selection. It's a bit of a worry if you are a McCulloch owner, but we don't know if Nick Arena even ends up in the 17, obviously, on game day. You know, yeah. Bennett might make an adjustment there. Will Chambers is back for the Storm, so young Tonomia Mapia. Uh, goes back to the reserve. Souths be the Raiders. No changes for the Raiders. Souths get back Sam Burgess. They've named Cameron Murray as a reserve. Um, he could end up getting a spot, I guess, on the bench. Jason Clark uh, has dropped back to the interchange with Kyle Turner also becoming a reserve. The Tigers v. the Knights. Uh, Elijah Taylor is back at lock, uh, and they need him because they've lost Chris Lawrence with an injury, so Josh Alloway will move to the edge. Not sure which edge he'll play. He usually plays on the right, so Robbie Rocco is a bit a bit more versatile, might move to the left edge there. Peter Godinay um, becomes the new interchange player because Josh Reynolds, he just got back, and now he's out again. I don't know if his body's made for the rigours of playing in the middle as a hooker, dummy half, um, and maybe that was proven with this shoulder injury. Um, we're hearing it could just be a week, but we're also hearing it could go up to six, so there's some conflicting information there. But at the moment, the way the Tigers are going with Marshall and Brooks, uh, obviously Reynolds not necessarily a main requirement at this stage. The Knights have dropped uh, Brock Lamb. He's been pretty horribly out of form since, since he came in when Connor Watson got hurt. Jack Cogger will get a shot there, um, which could be interesting to see. I believe he's going to the Bulldogs next year, so... I guess he's got some time to sort of uh, make an audition to take that hard spot opposite Kieran Four. And uh, now Mitch uh, Barnett comes back at lock. That's a big in for Newcastle. He's a hard worker in the middle third. Daniel Safidi's being dropped all the way back to the reserves. Interesting, his brother Jacob Safidi keeping a spot on the bench ahead of him. North Queensland, even though they were pretty well beaten, are sticking with the same 17. 
um, from last week's game. While Gold Coast, well, they've been forced to make some changes. Dale Copley and Nathan Peets are both out injured, so Philip Semi goes into left centre. Tyrone Roberts-Davis goes onto the wing. Ryan James is back at prop, which helps things. Mitch Rain slots into hooker. He's been pretty good uh, coming off the bench, so they might not lose that much with Rain coming in there. Max King goes back to the interchange. Keegan Hipgrave uh, gets named there ahead of Morgan Boyle and uh, Ryan Simpkins. But don't be surprised if Simpkins ends up playing somewhere in the 17 because he can also fill in at dummy half. So he could be good cover for Mitch Rain. Brenko Lee and Brendan Elliott have been named in the reserves. So I guess there's an opportunity for one of those to end up in the centres and semi back to the wing. Um, so Roberts Davis, not a, not, a, not, a, not a definite. But obviously if he does play at his price, he will be a watch. Uh, Paramount of E. Manley, some more changes here to go through. Bevan French out, just got back himself from injury, and now he's out again. Kirisoma Alvar also gone. Jared Hayne and Brad Takarengi both perhaps coming back a bit earlier than expected. Hayne will play on the left wing, uh, and Takarangi left centre. So that'll be interesting, and George Jennings can go back to the right uh, outside his brother Michael. Um, Kane Evans will be the new prop because Tepon Maroa is out injured. Will Smith comes back on the interchange. He'll be good cover for Casey Pritchard. David Gow also gets a shot there. Both Scott surprisingly dropped back to the reserves. And Manly were there 1-17 despite their pretty poor loss at home to the West Tigers. Um, Lewis Brown named as a reserve. There's no Jackson Hastings at the moment. You may have heard some uh, rumours going around about that. So maybe Lewis Brown ends up in the 17. And look, there could be some other changes that Trent Barrett may end up making before game day. That was a pretty brutal loss uh, on Sunday. Cronulla v Penrith. Josh Dugan has been named at fullback this week. Uh, I coached Shane Funding. It was on NRL 360, uh, I think it was um, last night. And he was saying that uh, he would make some changes again in that situation and, and once everyone was back to full fitness you'd know what he wanted to do and now he's done that so we can assume that Dugan's the fullback going forward, Moylan's the half going forward and Jesse Raymond will get the opportunity in the right centre first off but maybe Sione Katoa could return in the three quarter lineup somewhere uh, down the road uh, if he's keeping with Dugan, fullback Moylan 5'8 and Holmes on the wing um, obviously, we mentioned earlier in the show, no Paul Gallen, no Wade Graham. Uh, Joseph Paulo is the lock. Kurt Capewell has been named on the left edge. Uh, Scott Sorensen gets an opportunity on the bench. James Seguiara also returns there. Wade Graham has been named in the 21. We know Fafita and Lewis are named, but they're under injury clouds. Uh, Trent Hodkinson and Braden Ueli also reserves. Quinn end up getting shot. And Kurt Dillon was obviously played last week, but he's going to be a cheapie worth watching too. Keeps his spot in the 17. The Panthers, well, we said it before, Josh Mansour's out. So luckily for them, Dallin Wateni Zelezniak is back from a broken jaw. So he's going to slot right in there. We would assume that he'll go to right wing and, and Kristen Crichton will switch to the left. Um, I would say that Wateni Zelezniak will pull rank there and get his favoured position. Isaiah Yo swaps positions with Corey Harawira Naira. Uh, Harawira Naira will now play at right centre and he's quite an interesting uh, beast out there. If only we could play him at CTW in our Supercoach teams. And should mention a guy that's been playing pretty well in ISP, uh, Tom Eisenhuth been named as one of the reserves, so he could be a long-term watch list player as well. Now, I, we need to talk about the predictor versus dominator. Um, people have had a lot of really um, good predictions through the predictor. If you don't already own the app, you've really got to get it, www.supercoachpros.com. Uh, it's really worked out fantastically in many areas so far this year, but one area where 
you can still see some, um, I guess, variations is on players that we haven't seen much of. And, you, you know, that small window where you're saying, well, yeah, sure, Philip Sammy's had a big game, he's going to go big again because he's got a great matchup. doesn't always come to pass. Sometimes it's better just looking at the dominator and not so much uh, focusing on the predictor and then taking your own information with that. So Ryan Madison was a great example the last couple of weeks, knowing he had those good matchups. And you can just look at it purely that Roosters' right-edge players get a big uptick uh, in those last couple of weeks and knowing that that's where he's playing and say, well, I like Ryan Madison as a player, therefore I'm confident he'll have a big game. Yes, the predictor also says that. George Jennings, on the other hand, well, he was predicted to do well. Well, we don't know much about George Jennings, so maybe we need to wait and see on that. Philip Sammy, a similar story there. And even Richard Kenner, although Kenner, um, he got a bump couple of bumps late through the process there over the round. So it didn't turn out ridiculously bad for him. So maybe he's one we can still rely on to some degree. And obviously Jermaine Osaka coming back strong after a couple of quiet weeks. But we know that that dominator is really hitting on the mark at the moment. We saw it with Tyron Peachy. I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show. Um, Pete going into the halves knowing he had great matchups. And even though perhaps he hadn't, you know, it was a risk. But it's turned out to be he's really done very well. And if you did take that chance, not having many good centre and wingers, you'd be absolutely laughing right now. Absolutely. Well, no, he's been on top of the world. And you know, it sort of helped uh, in getting getting good service from, from Maloney. He's been on top of the world as well with Penrith. So, yeah, it certainly helped. But as you say, if you've got the, um, <clears throat> got the stats to, to help you back it up and, and through the Supercoach Pros, that's the way to go. And speaking of that app, let's look at the predicted best for round seven. Daly Cherry Evans leads the way. We talked about it a bit earlier. The Eagles and Eels both giving up lots of points to halves. So we can see that with Cherry Evans. So do the Knights. So Luke Brooks, after a big game last week, gets that huge uptick. Again, looking at the dominator, you know they get those the big up, the upgrades. Maybe you're saying, well, I don't want to take that chance on Luke Brooks, purely because we know that he's got a low floor in the past. Yes, it's predicted to do well, but... I'll stick to my sort of theory on that and I'll stick to the dominator and look at that, look at the players that I want to want to look at through the dominator rather than just looking at the predictor. But that that's your choice. But we know Luke Brooks' great matchup against the Knights, going really, really well. Expected to do well according to the predictor. James Tedesco, look, he's going from strength to strength. And against the Bulldogs, we expect him to have a big game. Michael Morgan, another guy who um, came on well as the game progressed last week. Great matchup against the Gold Coast. We saw what James Maloney did um, the last round. So him and Jonathan Thurston getting big upticks. Yes, I know we said Thurston should have a big game last week. It didn't turn out that way. So you may be too burned now. Um, he needs a big game. Uh, he's predicted to get 76, and that will that's about his break even, I believe. So, you know, take it for what you will, but I'm going to stick with JT. The two Jaborovich brothers are right up there. Cohen Hess is right up there. Cameron Munster. Bill Kickow just simply is getting the minutes. And, I mean, we're seeing what these edge runners are doing against the Sharks. So, you know, that's a nice uptick. Jared Croker against the Rabbitohs. Yes, Souths are a little bit guilty of giving up uh, points in general. We know Croker, as the goal kicker, can score a try too. Could have a lot of upside there. Angus Crichton, he was good last week, should do well again. Damien Cook, another one right up there as well. But you really need to go to, uh, you need to buy the app basically and get all that information because it really is all there, kit and caboodle www.supercoachpros.com if you're looking at price rises, price falls again Luke Brooks right up there, Riley Jacks, uh, Corey Oates, Ryan Madison Jay Arrow still climbing, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Tommy Trevorovich uh, Jack Goshevsky's up there, Damien Cook still going strong so a lot of big names there, the drops well 
probably not guys we're that focused on to start with, but then you look down the list a couple. Tim Laffey at three, Gareth Widdop at four. If you're looking at Widdop, trying to get him in, you know, maybe another couple of weeks, it could be really affordable. Philip Sammy, he's got, you've got to move on from him now. He's a top ten drop um, in price. Uh, predictions, I think, a, ma- uh, a three-figure break-even. So you just need to move on from that and um, make the money while you've got it. Simon Mannering continues to drop. We know that he's not as um, effective when he plays on the edge, super coach-wise. But maybe with a few games on the edge, he could become affordable in a few weeks. So just keep an eye out. And Roger Tuivasa-Shek's come back to the field. Um, started the season on fire, so he's dropping down quite a way. He could become affordable uh, in a couple more weeks as well. I think it's time to move on to the tweets. We've got a stack of them, so let's get straight to it. And uh, Craig Clark asking, uh, Croker and Rocco to SJ and Goshevsky. I've got Milf, JT, Walker, and now SJ in the halves. Can't bring myself to trade the goat yet. Well, I just talked up JT, Pete, and I know Ryan is not on the show tonight, but he's firmly of the belief to get rid of JT. I know you've probably um, said, you know, don't go your name players as much. But Craig wanting to stick with him for now, it's a pretty solid... Uh, for halves, to be to be fair, and and Rocco might have reached his peak, and Goshevsky looks like he's going to make some nice money for you starting next round. That's it. Um, yeah, I I did advocate uh, a few weeks ago, actually, uh, as I, as I said earlier tonight, of, um, of treating basically players on their merit instead of reputation. Spot on, mate. And I think that um, the only way to do that, I've yeah, I think you've got to get rid of Thurston. I'm sorry, but I've been waiting, waiting, waiting. We've waited six rounds and got nothing. Uh, he scored 25 last week, which is nowhere near good enough. I don't know what, what you'd expect. If, put it this way, if there's any other player in your team that was as consistently bad as he is at the moment, you'd be getting rid of him without hesitation. So for me, I think it's a no-brainer. I think you've got to get rid of him. You just can't keep waiting and waiting. There is no... I, I don't... I know... You, Predict that we predict that he'd go to 75 this week. But, you know that's no better than a lot of other halfbacks are getting at the moment. Um, so I, I would be letting Thurston go because uh, Zutsky, the young bloke from Manly, it was a bit hard to tell him his game last week. But um, yeah, he's he's going to get more game time there. Obviously, with uh, with the two long term injuries to so their um, yeah, well, he's playing he's 80 essentially on the edge. Two forwards, so he's going to get game time. And as you say, that's the money maker there. Um, yeah, I, look, I guess I'm a bit dissenting. I I like it. I like it, Craig. I reckon do it. Look, Widdop's got to get in, but you've got time, as we just said. He's due yeah. to lose a lot of money, and you can always get rid of JT in a couple more weeks if you have to. Yes, you might lose a little bit more on him, but you're going to make money on other guys. It's going to balance back out. Nathan Bapti asks, which of the injured players should be held and which should be traded? I have Fafita, Gallon and Mansour. Which of these should be held until they return from injury to save trading them out? And also, would you trade any of... Would you wait to trade any of these players in order to trade someone like Sammy as a high break even this week and we'll lose cash? Yes, Sammy's got to go. And I guess the injury report, Pat was saying, Paul Gallon's the one of those three. But uh, Mansour doesn't look great either. Yeah, agreed. I think that's um, where we discussed earlier that I think it's particularly as Gallon, as we said, when he comes back, he may not come back and play 80 minutes immediately either. So there might be another couple of weeks there where you're down on what you'd expect. So um, I think Gallon's got to go goodbye as well. Use that money. Gallon and Sammy, that's who I'm um, trading up from. They're those two very players this week, Nathan. And I can afford um, 
two of Ryan Madison, Ewan Aitken and Raymond Fatal and Mariner. So I'm going to get two of those. I'm just going to have a little bit of cash in the bank. So, you know, you should be able to do pretty well getting rid of those two guys. And Josh Mansour, just get rid of him next week. TVE asks, hey guys, thoughts on uh, Lolo, Tom Lolo versus Madison and his MILF, a non-playing reserve this week versus the Storm, considering his last three scores versus some thanks. He also says, PS, I see you got on Jack certainly last week, Paulie. Probably the only thing I got right last week. I think I had my lowest score in three or four years. Obviously, injuries didn't help, but also a couple of my uh, trades trying to make some money in Sammy and Jennings. You know, yeah, they'll make me some cash, but geez, at what cost? Um, so, <laughs> yes, I got Jack's right. So I'll take that one, and I think our advice has been pretty good, but personally, yeah, um, I'm going to bring in some big names this week. Uh, look, Milford, Still predicted to get around his average of 46. Surprisingly, the one position where um, Melbourne have been a bit weak against is left halves. We've seen Luke Brooks play well against them both times the Tigers played them at left halfback. So Milford, yeah, that was disappointing last week. I thought he actually played really well, and then I saw his supercoach score, and I was like, well, he didn't get anything. And I guess because he's guiding the team around the park a little bit more with no Nicarima there, um, perhaps that means that, you know... He, he he took his foot off the gas in front as far as actually doing things and and that is what racks up those super coach points. So hopefully he hits back this week. I'll probably still start him uh, at this stage unless you're really really uh, sort of not well off. Riley Jacks, that's a tough matchup this week for him. So you know you're taking your money, but but you're probably milf over Jacks. I think it's a pretty pretty easy decision. Um, looking at the predictor long term. And obviously we can't look at minutes and stuff like that long term. We can just really look at those base scores based upon what they've already been doing this year. So it's not as accurate as the predictor shows for next week and the week after. But we do have that ability to forecast all the way through to round 25. We've done that with um, Tom, Tom Alolo and Madison. And Madison's due to score another 1,161 points compared to Tom Alolo's 991. So Madison looking pretty good. He plays two positions. I really, really like it. In saying that, Tomalolo, I would expect him to go even better this week than he did last week. Just the way that he ascended through that game against the Bulldogs and the fact that it will be all on the line for the Cowboys this week suggests that he could have a really big game. So, you know, it, it's sort of half of it's what, what do you need from him, from the guy this week if you're, if you're deciding between the two because I think that could make it lol here with Madison the following week. But mind you, Madison, he's going up and up in cost. So you've got that. It's a tough call, but I don't think you can go wrong. Uh, Paul Camino asked your advice on Lolo last week was spot on, rescoring 90 plus. Great work. Like many others, I'm really unsure what to do with JT. Thinking of holding one more week, read the Titans, or should he go for, say, Jackson, a cash grab? Well, I mean, Pete, you've already sort of talked, talked about this. I'll just say a little bit more. JT, as we said, predicted to go well. Fantastic matchup. We saw what Maloney and Peachy did last week. Well, Jax, he'll probably come back to the field against Brisbane. Um, Sean Johnson did really well super coach wise but a lot of his points were garnered late and probably didn't he probably was actually pretty subdued and he's a very class, you know, a top class player. I don't know if Jax can replicate what Johnson did last week against Brisbane. I think he might find it hard. But in saying that, Pete's advice is, you know, don't look at the player and you will make a lot of money from Riley Jax. So I think, again, we're dissenting Pete on that one. Um, <laughs> um, but, look, <laughs> I think at this stage, Pete's 
Pete's advice from a few weeks ago was the spot on one now. It's kind of like, do you, you know, do you just hold on for dear life or do you say, well, it's time for him to go? Timmy, Timmy Moss asks, hey, guys, I'm looking to trade Sammy to a keeper. I like Luca Ferguson, his price, or should I spend big to get someone else? Which centres do you like? I have Rapana, Hiku, Isaka, Kenna. Um, Pete, I'll throw it to you first. I've got a few names, but you'll probably mention similar ones because there's a couple of centre wingers that are doing great and that he doesn't have. Okay, how about you and Aiken? He's been scoring a number of tries this year. Got uh, 71 points last week, and his, his average has been decent. And, you know, centres aren't traditionally big scorers, so I think he's he is definitely the most obvious he's, one. He's been great. He's been great for a couple of years. And, and he was really on the verge last year, and a few sort of um, people were talking him up. I think I read in a few places around the, online last year. And now that the Dragons have been able to put it all together in their attacking abilities, they look great. He's just on fire. He really is the number one centre and winger to own. I like the fact that he's got Rapinoe. I think he's coming strong, and I like Ryan Madison. So those three, in any Absolutely. order, I think yeah. are the three you've got to have in there. Um. What about Eason Masters, Pete? Because he's kicking goals for the Tigers as That's well. Right. He's a great goal kicker. And he was not bad either. He got, got, a, few, he yeah, got a little, got a little lucky with a couple of them, hitting one hitting the upright and going over. But, you know, yeah. he's getting better. He's practising. Yeah. And he's the offload. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a decent goal kicker. He's better than Kieran Foran. <laughs> sure well, so, you know. Better than Adam Dewey. <laughs> um, but uh, Masters is, is a definite option as well. This, like These three um, young blokes from... From the Tigers, he, oh, Alex Twale, still not quite getting the minutes, but Eisenhuth, also yeah. great. You know, slightly off topic there. Corey but, Thompson. Uh, no, I'd go with Eastern Masters as well. I think he's a, he's certainly a great option. Uh, yeah. If you have a look at his five-round average, 61.4. Uh, his, his score last week was 61, so he's bang on. Um, you know, you can't you can't knock that. So I think it's, I think he's, he's, a, he's also a very good option. Once again, don't overlook him just because he's not enough, just because... He's not a Yeah, and I think he's in that next tier after Madison, Rappiner and Aitken and Felton Oates I'd put there too and then maybe another gap, Peter Hickey who Timmy already owns, Corey Thompson and just basically anyone making your money get a bit there. Um, David J. Sultana asks, should you get both Jacks and Madison into this t- into the team this week? Um, Madison's the one over Jacks quite easily if you um, either can't afford both or you're looking to do something elsewhere or maybe the positions don't match up who you want to get rid of. Look, I think Jacks this week, we've already talked about him quite significantly, quite extensively. He's good if you don't have to start him because obviously his money with a minus break even, he'll do well for you. A bit of a concern if, if he's um if he's gonna get into your seventeen, I think. Jared Salmon asks job security for George Jennings. Is he worth bringing in uh, Pete, what do you reckon? Well, considering who he's up against this week. He's up with, well, you know, he's Parramatta. Like, Parramatta didn't look like scoring points last week. So it's a little bit take on trust. But I think that there is that there is something going to happen there very soon. And I think they, they're going to win this week. And like, I, I watched that game very closely last week between Manly and the Tigers. And Manly's outside of wide defence was absolutely appalling. Yeah, and it's abysmal. I think he's... I think he's got a chance of really putting on some points this week against Manly. I, I um, think he's got to be, I think for him to be super coach relevant and still might not do well, but he's kind of got to play outside his brother. And last yeah. week they switched him to the left because French came back. And um, French is an exclusive right winger. And Jennings can play both left and right, but I think for defensive purposes, Arthur likes him on the right. 
and that means that the two were split up and Jennings just, George Jennings just couldn't get involved. I mean, no one could. It was a terrible game. Parramatta was awful. But if he goes back to the right, now that French is out, I, I mean, there's a chance there. The, the problem is, yes, he's got the inside running to stay in the squad for a little while, but they're an 0-16. I, I think everyone's yeah. in a void from that team. You've got guys like Kuchewski, Riley Jacks. They're good cheapies that are going to pump this week. Kurt Dillon next week should bump because of the injuries in Cronulla. Um, if you already own Jackson Goshevsky, maybe bring in Dillon. I don't know if George Jennings is worth it. Ben That's Rule. A big, good question, isn't it? As you say, they, they haven't scored any points yet. It's, you would, I think that they're going. As I said, I think they're going to improve this week and up against Manly either. It could be an anything result, couldn't it? You just really, it's, it's a big risk, that's for sure. Ben Rule asks uh, Philip Sammy to Corey Thompson for buy coverage. Should I be looking at buy coverage already? Have my best year yet. I don't want to fall behind the buy rounds. Buy rounds won't be as difficult as in past years. There's just, everyone has one buy, or half the teams have one buy, and then it's Origin, everyone has a buy, and the other half have a buy. I'm not worried about Origin players. They're going to miss one game. They're miss one game. They could be suspended or injured and miss a game. Sam Burgess just missed two. I'm not worried about Origin players this year. It's completely different to past years. That's right. A lot of people don't realise that one of the Origins is on a... Yeah. I think it's the third one is on the weekend. And Everyone's still one. talking about how, like, your team, the Dragons, are going to be decimated over Origin. Well, no, they're not, because they're only going to be mm. missing for one game. That's right. And uh, even if four players get selected, uh, uh, you know, it's not the bigger deal. People say, well, they'll be tighter, but... You know, well, that might cost them one other game, but it's hardly going to be the same impact as we've seen over the years. Teams like the Broncos and the Storm just getting ravaged. It's not going to happen under this new system. In saying that, from a super coach perspective, obviously only getting the two trades each week means in the past we had the four trades on Origin time, so you could be a little bit lazy leading into Origin. You're not going to be able to do it this year because you only get the two. And there's the eight teams on by to begin with, the Broncos, Bulldogs... Dragons, Panthers, Canberra Raiders, Melbourne Storm, Titans, Gold Coast, and the Warriors. So you're going to start to filter those guys out after the next couple of weeks. Um, obviously, Ben, getting out of early, good on you for doing that. I think Corey Thompson's a must-own anyway. So if you don't own him already, uh, you've probably missed the boat a little bit. Maybe Eason Masters, we just talked about, is better than Thompson. And now that you you know... Thompson's gone up in price and lost that value a little bit, but definitely move on from Philip Sammy. And yeah, if you can get a guy that's that's going to play in that opening round, because we do get the bumper trades, I think in Origin round, I think they're going to let you trade a few. I think it's four from memory, maybe it's three, but that could be your opportunity to, to then switch them all back. Um, at the moment, yes, you will need to start looking at it, and probably in two weeks' time, we'll go through that in more detail. Uh, finally, Lauren asks, how's Havili? to Cook and Ligay Sal to Kurt Dillon. Um, I mean, Cook's going great guns, Pete, and Kurt Dillon could, could do very well. My issue is only Avili's been just going from strength to strength. Yeah, the last couple of weeks he's, he's been on fire. It's with either Avili or Cook, you, you really can't miss with either of them, I don't think. Although, I'm a big Damien Cook fan, I must admit, his, his game against the Dragons was absolutely dynamite. I thought he was, he was excellent. People talking about him as a um, state of origin rep. He's, you know, he got 80 last week. He's got a, what's his five round average of 69.6, which is not bad. Um, he's, he's only got a lower score of 52. And I, I think South's a, 
are on the way up. I think they're a good team. I, I, I would have Cook over Havili, in my opinion. Yeah, I think if Cook's... You need him in your 17, then sure, get him in, because it's a nice upgrade. And Cook's going to go up in price again after this week, according to the predictor. If he's not going to be in your 17 and not necessary, maybe you'd still stick with Havili, because he's just making you money. I mean, you don't have to trade him just yet while he makes you money. But, that's um, you know... That, that's that's probably how I'm looking at it. Injuries and, and form can change quick, smart. You can trade for someone a little bit early and then they can get injured. Um, you know, maybe that's how I'm looking at it. Havili's, you save your trade and, you know, Havili's, um he's going great. He's playing extra minutes more and more. So, um, But, yeah, you're right, Cook. If you need a guy in your 17, you just want to get more points because your weekly scores aren't quite as high as you, you, you think you can get them. And Cook's going to help you out there. He will outscore Havili. That does it for the show. Pete, we've done well, I think, considering. Uh, but it has been a bit tough. Uh, certainly, I've just about run out of steam, I must admit. Um, and I'll talk to you probably in a couple of weeks, I'd imagine. Um, you're going out for the Anzac Day Clash the following week? Sure, will be. Yeah, no, that'll be that'll be a great game, it always is. And uh, they get a good crowd there and everything. So no, I'm looking forward to it already. Enjoy, enjoy. And, of course, I'll be back next week, hopefully a bit better than I am tonight for you. And we'll do it all again. And make sure you download that app, www.supercatchpros.com. Go buy it. Um, you can review it if you already got it. Podcast, review that as well. And, of course, you get all all the podcasts on the app as well as all that other information we talked about earlier. I am Paulie G. Paul Grzadka. We'll see you again next week.